And our story today in Matthew's gospel, as a matter of fact, is found in all four gospels. Other than the resurrection, it is the only story, the biblical story in the New Testament that's recounted four different places, four different times. Because God was teaching his people something. And God wants to teach us something today. That he is the God of more than enough. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to look at Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to look at John chapter 6, a couple of verses out of there as we kind of bring this story together to give us a fuller understanding of it. Matthew chapter 14, beginning with verse number 13. And the Bible says when Jesus heard what had happened, what had just happened is his first cousin, John the Baptist, had been assassinated. John the Baptist had confronted Agrippa, confronted Herod, and and Herod had got rid of his brother and married his brother's wife, and and under the Old Testament law, that was forbidden. Herod went ahead and did it anyway, and and so he got rid of John the Baptist because John the Baptist was wearing him out, wasn't letting up on him, and so Jesus is saddened, and he's trying to get away just for a little bit of focus, trying trying to bring it all together. He's been ministering and serving people. And the Bible says he withdrew by, by boat privately to a solitary place. And hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus had landed and saw a, loud, a large crowd, he had compassion. Everyone say compassion. He had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Verse number 15. And as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. And Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Five loaves of bread, two little fishes. 5,000 men, not including women and children. You give them something to eat. Oh, Philip answered, hey, Lord, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? It would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one just to have a bite. I want you to think of the magnitude of this miracle just in relationship to this room. If I was to say, I want you to feed every person in this room so that they are completely satisfied. They can have as many marshmallows and bring all the kids in. <laughs> you know, kids like them marshmallows, right? So they'd be completely satisfied with these five little marshmallows and two little Swedish fish. He said, it's impossible. And Philip's like, Lord, it's impossible. And Jesus, the Bible says, he asked them, he asked this only to test them. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered him, it would take more than half your wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. And another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fishes, looking up into heaven. He gave thanks. Everyone say, gave thanks. And he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the people. And the disciples gave them to the people. Did you hear this? They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. And the number of those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Because you got to hear this today. The God that we serve is the God of more than enough. Will you bow your heads as I pray? Father, in these next few moments, ears to hear. Every person in this room, Lord, that this would become real, not just in their minds, but in their hearts. 
and out of the outflow of their mouth that they would truly speak and declare that you are the God of more than enough. Father, I pray that you'll give me not only, uh, Lord, the right words, but give me your words to speak so that my words be would become your words in the ears and the hearts of those who hear. We need you today, Jesus. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the work of your spirit in each of our lives in your mighty and powerful name. And everyone said amen. I talked about four ways this morning. This, this story shows us that our God is a God who is more than enough. The first thing that I want you to see is found in verses 13 and 14. You got to recognize that Jesus wants to meet your needs. Jesus wants to meet your needs. The Bible says in verse number 13, Jesus went away. And here's a fact. The fact is the crowds were drawn to Jesus because of the miracles that he had done. The crowds were drawn to Jesus because of what he could do for them. And that's all right. We come to Jesus that way. We come to Jesus broken. We come to Jesus busted. We come to Jesus full of disgust and all kinds of entanglements in, in our life. And that's okay. And that's great to follow Jesus, come to Jesus. But when we come to Jesus, it isn't about what he can do for us. Now it's what he wants to do through us. There's a huge difference. That's where the whole thing flips in your relationship from God. It isn't now just about you, but it's now God working through you to be the vessel that he's created you to be. You see, some of the needs you might be carrying into this room today are emotional. Maybe you're just discouraged. You're full of depression. You're full of doubt and unbelief of anything that anything can really ever change in your life today. Maybe you come here today with a physical problem. Many of you came forward for prayer just a few moments ago, and we do believe that there is a God who still, still heals. Jesus, the Bible says, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we are commanded as believers to lay hands on the sick and to believe that they would recover. We come to Jesus because we have a relationship or a family need that's sideways, and we just can't get it reconciled. Maybe we come to Jesus today, and we've got troubles and trials and tribulations that are way beyond what we can solve. I want you to hear the word of the Lord to you. You see, Jesus says, I'm a God of compassion. The Bible says in Psalms 103, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are only dust. This is what he says to you today. This is what Jesus says to you. I care about you. I care about you. I know your weakness. I know your frail. I, frail, I know your propensity to, to go sideways. I know your propensity to lose your temper. I know your propensity to go back into your addiction. But I want you to know today that I am the God who is for you. I am the God who is here to heal you of all your diseases. Someone said in the, amen this morning. The psalmist declares, praise the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of our sins. And heals all of our diseases. He cares. He's committed to seeing your very best. He's committed to seeing you. Whatever you are walking through. Whatever trial. Whatever trouble you are experiencing today. He wants you to know this today. He is committed not only to your good. But ultimately his glory. Because he's a good, good father. He's a good father today. The second thing that you must hear today. Is that you must not measure a problem. You must not measure a problem. Five loaves, two fish to feed 5,000 people. You must not measure a problem by your own abilities. You see, 1 Corinthians 
chapter 10, the Bible says that God will not allow us to be tested beyond anything that we can experience, beyond anything that we can be, uh, 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 find a way of escape beyond anything in our life that we feel like we can't do it. God says, listen, I'm the God that can take this test and turn it into a testimony in your life. See, the people were hungry. They were hungry. They had followed Jesus. They had listened to him minister all day long. Uh, uh, Philip's response was, hey, let's go ahead and send them down to the Chick-fil-A and the Chipotle about nine miles away. And the closest town to where they were at was about nine miles and see, Philip looked at this crowd, and he looked at the masses of people and said, God, it's impossible. There's no way. They're hungry. They're angry. They're tired. They're lonely. God, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? God, there's not a billionaire on the planet that can fix this right now. God, I mean, it's just, how are we going to do this? You see, there were a lack of resources. There were a lack of resources, and there was a limited understanding of what God could do in their midst. And maybe you feel that way today. Maybe you feel there's a lack of resources. You didn't have the right education. You didn't grow up in the right family. You, you, know, you don't have the opportunities or the skills to necessarily get that promotion or that job. And we look at ourselves being inadequate. We see ourselves full of lack and we can't. And you're right, you can't. You can't on your own. But God wants you to know through him you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you today. See, Philip was assessing the problem through the natural mind. And that's exactly what we tend to do. Especially men. Especially men. We tend to assess all of our problems through our own abilities. And many times we find ourselves coming up short. You limit God today when you decide that what you have is too little to make a difference. Too little money. Too little talent. Too little time. Too little of anything. You limit God when you keep what you have to yourself. So many believers today are stuck in the area of finances in their life because they really don't believe that God is their source and supply. They think, this is all I'm ever going to have. This is all I'm ever going to get. I could never give back to God. I could never tithe. I'd like to do that, but I don't see a way. You see, that's the natural man looking through his own abilities to provide for his own needs. You limit God when you decide in your mind that things will never change. It'll always be this way. And what Jesus was doing is Jesus was testing his disciples. The story of the, uh, of the, of the loaves and the fishes is fascinating. It's fascinating because there's a direct tie-in to these Jewish people, to the Old Testament story of, of Israel, ancient Israel, being delivered from 400 years of slavery to the Egyptians. There's a direct tie-in because when they went out to, into the wilderness, they were limited in their resources. They lacked the ability to provide for themselves. And God was teaching them a lesson to trust Him. Everything that God allows in our life is a test. See, life is a test. It's just a temporary assignment because ultimately we've been given a trust by God to fulfill His purpose and His mission in our lives. And the only way that we can do that today is we have to, to pass the test. See, the test of our impossibilities become, becoming God's possibilities. See, God doesn't give you a test to grade you today. God gives you a test to grow you today. God doesn't give you a test to grade you today. God gives you a test to grow you today. You see, a test is designed to draw something from you. It's designed to develop you. And what Jesus was doing is he was helping them grow 
in their faith. See, faith is the foundation of the Christian life. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to believe God. The Bible says that God is a rewarder of them that will diligently seek Him. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. You see, if you can see it or if already it's already happened, you can be thankful. But when you start to give Him praise in advance before the miracle happens, that's when you know that you're getting ready to step into the miraculous in your life today. Jesus was building the faith muscle in their life. Faith is the foundation. Hope is the walls. And love is the capstone. See, He's the God of faith, hope, and love. And He's building you into the house, into the person that He's created you to be. You see, without faith today... It is impossible to believe God. They looked at the situation. They looked at their circumstances. They looked at their abilities, and they couldn't see a way. But here's the next thing that you got to hear today. Our little becomes much when we're willing to give it all to Jesus. Our willing, our little becomes much when we're willing to give it all to Jesus. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, Lord... Well, we don't have anything, but there's this little boy, this little tiny boy, and he's got five loaves, he's got five marshmallows, and two Swedish fish. Well, what are we going to do with that? I mean, how is that going to fix our problem? How is that going to solve this impossibility that lays before us today? You see, they lacked quantity. They lacked quantity. They didn't have enough within themselves, but they also lacked quality. See, barley loaves in ancient times was really a poor man's bread. It wasn't the good stuff, you know. It wasn't the, you know, going to the Whole Foods and getting that stuff right, fresh baked right off the, hot, the pipeline, you know. I mean, this was just poor man's stuff. It was, it was stuff not a day old, maybe a week old. It was just barley. It was, it was the, the dredge of bread that they would eat just for basic sustenance. It was lacking in quantity, and they were lacking in quality today. You see, many times we look at ourselves, we say, oh, it's impossible for me. We look at other people, the disciples, this is just a small boy. What can he do? What can a small boy bring to God? What can a small child bring to Jesus today? Jesus said, unless we have the faith of a child, we will not enter into his kingdom. See, as we grow and we experience life and we have setbacks and hurts come into our reality and we find ourselves stuck in bad habits and doing things that we shouldn't be doing or we, we watch the abuse that happens to other people, not, not even necessarily to ourselves, we get jaded. We get jaded to what God can really do. We get jaded to a culture that's full of anger and animosity and full of venom and spite against one another. We see so many horrendous things. We lose faith in the simplicity that our God cares about us. And he's the God of more than enough. And these guys saw this little boy. And they said, Jesus, this is all we have. And Jesus says, bring them here to me. Bring to me. Jesus says, bring to me your little. Bring to me your lack. Bring to me your doubt. Bring to me your fear. Bring to me your weakness. Bring to me your sickness. Bring to me that which you don't think you have. And watch and see if I cannot become the God of more than enough in your life. 
You see, you're walking through the fire. You're experiencing the testings. you got to hear this today. The Bible says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. You're his today. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire and the adversity of life, you will not be burned. Because I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. He calls you by name today. He's knocking on the door of your heart. He's simply saying, whatever your problem, whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation that you can't seem to fix, bring it to me. Bring it to me. On the back of your handout this morning, and hopefully you got one of these today, but on the back there's a place for you to write notes. And you can do this after service. Maybe you can take the handout and write down something right now that you haven't been able to fix. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe it's a lack of job. Maybe it's not enough income to pay your bills. Maybe it's a, a relationship with your child that's gone south and you haven't been able to reconcile it, or a marriage, or a parent. I don't know. You know, there are lots of needs in a room like this today, but write that down. Just write it there. And then when you go home today, I want you to take this card, and I simply want you to lift it up to the Lord and say, God, I can't, but I believe that you can. God, I can't. But I believe that you can. I surrender my all to you. It's just simple. God, I can't. God, I'm weak. God, I'm inadequate. But God, I know that you can today. You're the God who is all-powerful. You're the God who is all-knowing. You're the God who is all-loving. You're the God who is all-forgiving. You're the God who is full of all hope today. I put my trust in you. You see, today, today they couldn't. They couldn't do it. They couldn't feed the 5,000 people. There was no way. They couldn't, but God could. You see, the last thing that I want you to see this morning is that giving thanks to God opens the door for the supernatural. Giving thanks to God opens the door for His supernatural provision in your life. Their world was in chaos. I mean, if you've ever been to a big rock concert, and it's been years, but I, I remember years and years ago, I went to this huge rock concert in California. It was sponsored by a, a man by the name, you might have heard before, named Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs had sponsored, there was an all-day, like a three-day affair. There were 400,000 people there, and I remember standing there, and people were hot. There were fights breaking out. They were hungry. They were spraying people down with water cannons to try to cool them down. It was a mess. There was chaos everywhere you looked. There were thousands of people, and they gathered around, and it was the end of the day, and they're all trying to figure out how to get to the closest Mickey D's. They got nothing to eat. They're hungry. You know the halt, the hungry, angry, lonely, tired? They got it all going. You can already kind of see it, you know? And Jesus says, no, 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 you can't send him away. I want you to see the first thing that he does. The Bible says that, in Mark's gospel that he takes them and he breaks them down into 50s and the 100s. See, your chaos in your world right now, Jesus wants to bring order. It might seem chaotic. It might seem to be impossible. Jesus begins, first of all, just to do some very practical things. The practical reality is if he's going to feed this many people, they got to get them into groups. 
And there are some practical realities for you to see God work supernaturally in your life. See, God always does his part. God always provides more than enough. God always supplies everything that I have need of. But God also says to you, you got to be willing to do your part. Your part is to take your next step. Your part is to say yes to God. Your part is to forgive, to repent. Whatever that is in your life today, you have a part in this. And God breaks them down. He has them set into groups. Then the Bible says he takes the five loaves and the two fishes. And he looks up into heaven and he gives thanks. He get, doesn't give thanks after the miracle. Hear this today. He doesn't give thanks after God restored the relationship. He doesn't give thanks after God provided the job. He doesn't give thanks after God provided the vehicle. He doesn't give thanks after his physical body was healed. He gives thanks in advance because the Bible says it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto his name. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Not for. Not for. There's some bad things that happen. But in everything that happens in your life, you can give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The power of praise. The power of thanksgiving, of thanksgiving in your life before the miracle. There's something that's released in your heart when you begin to just to worship God. When you shut off your Facebook, when you turn off the television, and you just begin to lift your hands up to a holy God and begin to tell him that he is good all the time. You begin to worship him for he is, for who he is. He's a good, good father, and he's come to meet every single one of your needs according to his riches and glory. Someone said amen. Oh, come on. He gives thanks to the Lord. He gives thanks, and then he breaks the bread. From the hands of a little boy. It's inadequate. It's not enough quantity. It's one little child willing to give Jesus his all. <laughs> one child. Unless you have faith like a little child. You see, in your mind, you want to get it all figured out. And this, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And that, that's great. God's given us a mind to think. But there are limitations. There are walls that you experience in your life that you'll never be able to mentally figure them out. It's faith in God. It's faith when you don't see. And he breaks that bread. And from Jesus' hands to the disciples' hands to the people, all of a sudden, he becomes the God of more than enough. He becomes the God of more than enough. The people are eating, the Bible says, and they were all satisfied. How many marshmallows would you have to eat to be satisfied? Well, for me, just be a couple. But they were hungry. They were tired. You get me hungry at the end of the day, and I'll eat anything. Any piece of cardboard. You get hungry enough, you'll eat. And not only were they satisfied, but the Bible says that there were 12 baskets left. You know how many disciples there were? How many disciples were there? There were 12. There was a basket for Peter. There was a basket for James. There was a basket for John. There was a basket for Andrew, for Philip. There was a basket for Judas and for the other Judas. There was a basket for Thomas. There was a basket for every single one of the, the disciples. Do you know why? Do you know why today? Because, see, God was not just the more than enough for the people out there. God was the more than enough for them. And I want you to hear this today. When you open your hands, 
when you open your hands and you take the little that you have and you say, God, I give you my all. Not only will he use you to meet someone else's need, but he wants you to hear this today. He wants to meet your need. Twelve baskets full. Come on. He isn't just a little God. He isn't just a God of just enough. He's the God of more than enough today. You might be in a place of not enough. But God's taking you through the land of just enough to the place of more than enough in your life. More than enough love. More than enough grace. More than enough forgiveness. More than enough resources. More than enough hope. He's a God of more than enough today. More than enough. You say, oh, pastor. Oh, pastor, it's impossible. If you only knew my husband. If you only knew my husband, it's impossible. God says, oh, with men it's impossible. But I am the God of more than enough. It's possible. You might say, oh, God, I'm so tired. The battle's so hard. I've been going so long. Jesus says, come unto me, all you that are weary, and I will give you rest. Because I am the God of more than enough. I'm the God of more than enough. You say, oh, God, nobody loves me. Nobody knows I exist. Nobody even knows that I care. God says, I know, and I love you. And I'm the God of more than enough. You say, oh, God, I can't go on. I don't have any more strength. God, this battle is so weary. God says, listen, I know you're tired. I know you can't think you can fight any longer. But my grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in weakness because I am the God in your life who is more than enough. We say, oh, God, I can't figure it out. And God says, I will direct your steps. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's purposes will prevail because I am the God of more than enough. You say, oh, I can't. Nope, can't do it. Can't get that job. Can't move into that house. Can't get that car. Can't get that, oh, I can't do it. God says, oh, no, 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 you can't, but I can't because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me today because he's the God of more than enough in your life. Whew. He's the God of more than enough. Twelve baskets full. Wow. What a lesson for the disciples. So one little boy in obedience gives Jesus his all. And then Jesus gives thanks and he breaks it. See, it's in that place of brokenness. That place of broke. You know the place of brokenness is say, God, I can't. God, I surrender. God, I can't do this on my own. I mean, I was just a typical young guy out there living my life. But I hit the wall. And it wasn't working. My way wasn't working. When I finally came to the place and I said, God, I give you my all. That's when the miracle, the miracle of forgiveness, the miracle of healing, the miracle of knowing that I'm loved, the miracle of a restored relationship from my father that had been so broken, fights in our home, Fist fights in our own brokenness. God took that. But I had to say, God, I surrender. I give it all to you. And today I know that God is more than enough. See, it just takes one person. It took one little boy to feed 5,000 people, not including women and children. See, you're that one today that God wants to use. See, one person can change a generation. One person saying yes and surrendering to God can change a generation. 
I just, I look back at my life. I'm here today because my mother at the age of 15, a Jewish woman, a Jewish little girl who had never heard Jesus' name other than a curse word, was invited to a little Pentecostal church. And someone, someone, I don't know who it was, but told her about Jesus, that he was a God of more than enough, more than enough forgiveness, more than enough hope, more than enough love. And she said, yes. And you're here today. Not only am I here today, because when I said yes to Jesus, I allowed him to flow to my life. And out of my brokenness, God worked a miracle through many of you. So he's a God of more than enough today. 1944, there's a movie right now. It's really popular. I think it's one of the top movies that's uh, shown in Hollywood or in the, in the movie theaters. It's called Hacksaw Ridge. And I read this story a while back, and I was so fascinated by, by this man, Das Dresden. I was so fascinated by his life because here's a young man, 19, 20 years old, private first class in the U.S. Army, and he's a medic. He's a pacifist, doesn't even believe in war, doesn't believe, doesn't believe that he has the right to kill or take another man's life, never carried a gun. He was assigned by the U.S. military to serve as a medic. Medics in the, in the Pacific theater, they were the primary targets by the Japanese soldiers. The Japanese soldiers knew that if they could kill the medic, if they could get the medic, it would demoralize the soldiers. And this man, Desmond Doss, he wore this band around his arm. And he was a primary target to be picked off by snipers. There was a battle. And there were 75 men laying wounded to die. They were surrounded by the Japanese soldiers. They were surrounded by them. They were just picking them off. And Desmond, he stood before his colonel stood before the men that were there lined along the trench before he climbed a rope to go down over the bridge. And I want you to hear what he says today, if I can find this story here. He says, I believe that every man should have a word of prayer before he puts a foot, his foot on this ladder to go to that cliff. I believe that every man needs to have a word of prayer. And he prayed, and all the men that were lined up in his troop, every single one of them heard that prayer. And he went out, and he dragged 75 wounded men off the battlefield. Every single one of them lived. And they, after they were rescued, they were gathered around, and they said, the people that had heard that person, the only reason that he lived, the only reason that he survived those, those sniper bullets is because he was a man of prayer. One man, one man changed the life of 75 other men. See here today, guys. Yes, God wants to provide for you, but it's always about not just what God wants to do for you. It's what God wants to do through you so that you can save, so you can save, so you can do your part in fulfilling the purpose for which God has called you today. I want you to bow your heads. You're in this room today, and you don't know the God of more than enough. You don't know the God of more than enough today. I'm here to tell you, he cares about you. He loves you. You're in this room today, and you know that your life isn't right with God. You've never met this Jesus. You've never surrendered your life fully to him today. I'm first talking to you, those of you that know you're not right with God today. You've come here. I don't know why you're here. I don't know what the purpose, how you got here today. But you got to hear me today. God cares. And God's knocking on the door of your heart. and He's saying, will you give me your all? Will you surrender me your, your, to me your heart and your life? And you're in this room today, and you know your life isn't right with God. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Come on, in this room right now. Anyone in this room? All across this room. 
Come on, all across this room, hands are up. We're going to say a prayer in just a moment. We're going to say a prayer in just a moment. But you're a believer today. You're, you're a Christ follower today. And you've come up into a situation in your life, a circumstance that you can't fix. I'm going to challenge you today, right here in this moment, in just a minute, we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to give Him praise and thanksgiving. And I'm going to believe today as you begin to worship and begin to give Him thanks in advance for what He's going to do, you're going to see the God of the supernatural work on your behalf. You're here today, and you have an impossibility. You need God to work in your life in a supernatural way. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Come on, raise your hand in this room. I want everyone to stand with me right now. Come on, hands went up all across this room. Here's what the Lord wants us to do today. You were here this morning. There were many people that raised their hand this morning. There were many of you today, and you said, you know your life isn't right with God. I'm going to ask the whole congregation to say this prayer with me. Hands lifted towards heaven is a sign of surrender. And you are surrendering your life to God in this moment as you say this prayer. I want everyone to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I admit that I cannot fix my life. I admit today that I need you. I believe, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross and you rose from the dead so that I could have life. I confess with my mouth that I have sinned fallen short of your purpose and today Lord Jesus I ask you to come into my heart and to forgive me and give me a brand new start Jesus in your mighty name in your mighty name Jesus I want to live for you the rest of my life amen